and I had failed in my first career. And that was really devastating. Yeah. Um, but now it's like... There's such high expectations. Yeah. And I hate the use of this word, but you've got to learn. You've got to fail learn. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Breaking the Binary, brought to you by Newcastle Women and Gender Diverse People in Tech. We're your hosts, Arda Jarrett. And Sarah Fraver. Uh, and this episode's all about Sarah. Yay. Um, before we interview some lovely members of our community, um, I wanted to make sure that people knew who were interviewing them um, and our listeners know who we are because we run these events. Um, but I realise that we've never really got up and talked about ourselves. Um, yeah, I'm not good at adding context to my chaotic energy. <laughs> we love the chaotic energy. So... Yeah, this is just an opportunity for people to get to know us. Um, but first of all, I'd like to acknowledge you, Wabakal and Waramai people, um, who's traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today. We pay respects to the elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to all First Nations Australians on whose lands you are listening from today. Uh, so we have a couple of sponsors to thank. Um, number one, thanks for the podcast studio in UE Tech. Um, also for the free pizza and the venue for all of our meetup events. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, it's, you know, very useful to have somewhere to meet um, and somewhere to record these. Um, also thanks to the Port of Newcastle um, and MGA Thermal. As you'll find out, Sarah works for New Tech People um, and I work for MGA Thermal. Um, both of our organisations are committed to diversity um, and we're very pleased to have their support. So as I said, Sarah, we're talking about you today. Um, so excited. That's all right. And I know we can chat for hours, um, as we already have because yeah. we've recorded a couple episodes of these already. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're going to try to keep on topic um, and relatively to time because, yeah. as I've also found out, we can chat to, to other people too and then we need to split the episodes into two. Um, yeah. So. We've just got so many thoughts just bubbling away back there. That's it. There's some <laughs> good banter that happens, um, but it may not necessarily be relevant. Yep. Fun. <laughs> Maybe not relevant. So first off, we're – doing a few um, quick questions at the start of our podcasts um, and that's an opportunity to get to know um, a bit more about the person um, and what they enjoy doing before we kind of dive into their career. First, what are your pronouns, Sarah? She slash her. Uh, what's a random fact about yourself? Um, I have double-jointed elbows, which whilst I will demonstrate now, doesn't translate well for a podcast. I'll zoom um, in for the video option. It's really <laughs> gross. They just like basically flip either way, um, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't <laughs> hurt. I'm bad at archery because my elbow sticks out yeah. and then I get the... I can relate. I have mm. similar things and like just trying to like throw a ball and you kind of get taught to throw it when your arm extends. But if you do that, you actually lose the momentum because your arm's overextended. Oh, like, I never thought about that. Yeah. I am terrible at sports um, and I'm willing to blame that as the reason why. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> What's something you're proud of? Uh, I recently hatched butterflies. Hatched? I don't I know. I saw this online. <laughs> so I, nurtured. Yeah, I nurtured think. butterflies yeah. from Caterpillar Stage. I found a bunch of orchid swallowtail butterflies yeah. on my little baby lime and lemon trees. Yeah. And I thought, well, that won't do because they're babies. And How I, did you identify what type of caterpillars they were? Well, one, I'm a huge nerd. And yeah. two, I spent a lot of time looking at different pictures of caterpillars. That's um, fair. And they were on the citrus trees, which is like a very specific food for caterpillars. 
So instead of killing them, because I love bugs and I love my plants, I brought them inside and then raised them into butterflies um, using citrus leaves from my mum and dad's much bigger trees. Mm. And they actually hatched into, I don't know what the word is. Hatch doesn't feel right, but they turned into chrysalises. Chrysalis yeah. eyes, um, and then became butterflies, and I got so, to release them again. Oh, nice! I was yeah. going to ask what you, yeah, going into yeah. butterflies. I mean, but. they're definitely going to lay more eggs on my citrus trees, and the cycle will be able to do it again. again. Yeah, it's very exciting. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun, and I'm actually shocked that it worked. So happy days. <laughs> what do you do to relax on your days off? Um, relaxing is a concept that I find very difficult because mm. my brain is just constantly. At 110%. So I usually, like, do stuff. I mean, that's kind of why we're here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm, like, big on the crafts. I like to sew. I've taught myself how to crochet poorly. Um, I built my own computer, so I play lots of little nerd games. Um, Also, I'm always doing something. Yeah, always doing something. Like a low-energy activity, but it has to be a thing. People who are just like, yeah, I just sat in the bath with my thoughts honestly even just like watching tv i'm like just mm, watching yeah. tv you're not like doing something at the same time you need to be duly like i need yeah. to have something it's to like crocheting squid yeah um i love jigsaw puzzles they're pretty good mm, for like jigsaw puzzles are a yeah, lot of fun little so, like little dopamine clicks every time you get it i have um three cats and they really love to eat the pieces which yeah, doesn't same. help when you think that oh my god i'm so close to finishing and then you realize <laughs> five of the pieces are gone and probably in the kitty litter tray so <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> um so you have three cats yeah what are their names totally normal amount of cats um beans yeah. lionel and bethany yeah what else do these cats like to do? Uh, they like to eat all of my plants. I have about 150 plants at home yeah, and that, they're but... all cat safe because yep. I spent a lot of time researching what plants are cat safe. Fun fact, a lot of indoor plants, yeah. not good for cats. It's like calcium oxalate or something oh. in monsteras and different brachias or however you say it. I'm also cripplingly dyslexic, so like <laughs> saying plant names out loud. You're doing a better job than me. I just Epi- don't even attempt yeah. those plant names. Epipreums, Sigoniums, um, they're all not cat safe. Big words. Yeah, so um, just like pepperomas and calatheas and palms, pretty much what palms you can are, get. Yeah. Palms are a good one. Yeah, we bought a palm together and that was the only plant I said to my cat. I was like you'd be able to eat this one. And yeah. she wandered up and took a giant bite out of it. And I was like, hang on, I don't want you to start <laughs> eating my plants. <laughs> my cats do love the palms the most. They're the yeah. ones that they eat. something about the texture. I don't yeah. know. But they came in as, as rescues. So that was like the mum cat and her five kittens. And yeah. then adopted out three of the kittens and kept two of them. So originally I only meant to have two cats. <laughs> but I already had the mum cat and I felt really sad about giving her up because she was such a good girl that That's I just fair. kept her. And then they can like all live as a family. Yeah, the little buddies, they yeah. sleep together every day. It's very, very, cute. very cute. So <laughs> We'll kick off a bit more about what you do for a career. What's, what would you define your tech as? You see, this is a weird one because yeah. I originally came in as a like a data nerd and I still identify as a data nerd. Mm. So I did like a data analytics and a data science um, grad cert. But I'm more in like revenue ops kind of operations now. Mm. Like, I don't know, biz tech, I guess Ooh. you could call it. 
I don't know if that's a word. I've just made it up. <laughs> I don't know. I love like just adding tech to the end of everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like do a lot of the like technical underpinnings of of how the business operates, but also a lot of the business processes. Yeah. Um, and the HR stuff and a whole bunch of. I mean, we're only a company of twelve people. Yeah. So I have the luxury of being able to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely love that um, as part of like a growing or a small company. Yeah. Wearing many hats. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've got to constantly change it up, otherwise I'll get bored. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do now? Yep. And then we're going to go into how you got here. Right. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So at the moment I'm head of operations, operations manager slash ops. Go, yeah, exactly. Um, Go for the head of operations. I keep trying to get wizard in my title, like an operations wizard. So far, my boss has said no. So, Hmm. petition to James McDonald to allow me to change it. Yeah, (laughs) one day. Um, So, as I said, like I do all of the ops stuff for the business. Absolutely love it. Um, I originally came into the business because I had done my data analytics course and I would go on to do my data science course and they had this problem where they had this database full of information, but they weren't sure where the data was living, what kind of consistent processes they had, or even really how to use it and get the most value out of of this database that they'd invested in. Mm. Um, So my whole role originally was meant to only be six months, Mm. um, was to just come in and sort it out. And then I was like, oh, and I can sort this out too and this out and this out. And I eventually just picked up. So many pieces that I think it was like three months in when they offered me a full-time contract saying, please don't leave us. That's amazing. Yeah, which is really nice. (laughs) How did you um, like find new tech people to begin with? How did you get that that six-month contract that got you in the door? Yeah, so it was through connections. Um, I know in the last podcast we uh, went over how important it is to, to know people in the space and that is how I got my job as well it was it was through a friend um who worked here at the time and identified the gap and then thought oh I know Sarah's doing something that is relevant Mm -hmm. and might help Mm. um and then set up that first initial meeting with with James and then went on to meet Linda the two directors um and the rest is history so you know network with yeah. people, even if it's not relevant at the time. <laughs> a little lesson there. Yeah, you never yeah. know when it's going to come around to to be a really cool opportunity. I think people also see how genuine you are, and this is something that's a big benefit of Newcastle too. Yeah. Um, that people just want to help people and they just want to connect with people and you don't need to have an immediate like reason why you're connecting. Yeah. But then people know what you do and they might, um, have something in the future where they're like oh this might suit Sarah perfectly also if they see that you're a brilliant young woman and they're like yes we <laughs> love more women and gender diverse people in this space um so then they're like well we want to promote more young minds to join this space and to have these like awesome roles and so yeah, yeah important to network and I I hated network at the start especially in my last role and like it was only really recently that I was having a chat with my partner and he was like oh networking is really just finding people you like and having a chat with them or connecting with people you don't have to be selling anything and I think that's a really Mm. important I know I struggled at the beginning because I I don't want to have to sell myself yeah and I don't want to have to sell anything else I just want to talk to people to find out what they're like to have a bit of a laugh and you no one knows yourself better than you. Yeah. And I think 
particularly when you're passionate about what you do, that really shines through. Um, and then people are drawn to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tip number one for networking, just be a nice person and, then, um, and it will be fine. <laughs> also, everyone else is just a person. Yeah. Like and, everyone is uh, yeah. scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe everyone's not as scared about networking, but <laughs> I found very helpful when like going on work calls. It's like I know about this stuff, even if I don't know as much as other people in the company in terms of like the technology or like the technical background, I still know more than the person on the call and all they want to know is more. Yeah. And they just want to um talk to me and they're just a person and I'm just sharing what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about it as sharing. Yeah. Don't think I I hated the pushy networking and that is a good thing because it doesn't work, especially not in Newcastle. Yes. I don't think. Yes. No, I don't think. <laughs> So So you mentioned a previous job and I know how you got here wasn't particularly straightforward. Like um, you didn't set out to become a data nerd. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) What did you set out to do? What is your degree in? Yeah, where did you start? Um, So this is a a convoluted but fun story. So when I was in high school. It's the origin story. Yeah, the origin story. (laughs) It's my villain origin story, (laughs) depending on how the rest of my life goes. (laughs) Um, So I started out in high school and I realized that I really love science. It was about year 10 that this light bulb dawned on me that, holy shit, like science is awesome. Mm. So I did all three units of science in my HSC. Um, I would have done all six units, I guess, three subjects, only because you were only allowed to do a maximum of six units. Yeah, oh, well. Would have done so more. You, you would have done more. Yeah, I would have done Earth Just the whole HSC. Yeah, like, exactly. Forget about English. Nothing but, yeah, it was literally like <laughs> math and science and then mandatory English um, was where my HSC was at. Um, and I was looking forward to going into just like an advanced Bachelor of Science. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what I wanted to do. And I went to a science camp in year 11 and I met a whole bunch of people and a lot of the feedback I got was that science was really hard. Uh-huh. Like you have to be really smart. You have but to like be really you're already focused. doing like eight units of it. Yeah. Um, and I got into my head a lot about yeah. whether I was capable or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd only ever met one woman scientist uh and she was really horrible to me about my chances of getting into science I think probably because of her own negative experiences yeah and that just completely threw me for a six and I thought okay well I still love science yeah but I don't feel like I should go into just that I think in the past this is the case for business I found anyway it's when there is so few positions for women and it is so hard for women to get in yeah. That it's like it is competitive. And mm. I can see why in the past women have discouraged other women. Yeah. To be clear, not like that now. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, We're working towards it not being like that. Yeah. And the other thing I was good at, which is ironic because I am dyslexic, is is writing. I write doing quite the standard well. English. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The, the sentences read well if someone else has edited them for me. <laughs> it's no, usually no, the way. No, I totally get that. <laughs> So I went in and I thought, okay, well, science and comms feels like a good thing to do because I like communicating. I like telling people about science and I love the science itself. It's a whole skill too, like yeah. communicating complex science topics in a way that other people or people without a technical background can understand. Yeah, and it's always been something that I've loved, like breaking mm. down complex stuff in a way that's very accessible. Um, mm. So I went to the University of Wollongong, shout out to mm. UOW, because um, they're the only university in New South Wales that offers science and communications as a double degree. Um, I love the dedication. So you went to high school here. Yep. 
in Newcastle. And then went to Wollongong. Yeah, you, went to, to Wollongong. To do this degree that you really wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I can see why other people don't offer it as a double because there is literally no overlap yeah. um, whatsoever. Uh, so I spent four years doing that, um, did a bunch of, like, little hustles, was part of a little media company, did science videos, whatever, mm-hmm. and then at the end got the piece de resistance job of science communication, which was a communications advisor or initially a student, um, like a student vacation scholarship at CSIRO. Very cool. So they're, yeah. Because in my head. Yeah. Love CSIRO. They're like. They do some cool stuff. They do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and I came there as a student for three months and they liked what I did. Mm-hmm. So they gave me um, a contract in their brand and marketing department and that was a lot of fun. Um, And then I started to work in this technology accelerator program, which was, um, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. I would say I learned a lot. Um, And fun fact, that accelerator program is where Sarah and I met. Yeah. So a lot of good came out of it at the end. Um, I I describe my time there as a trial by fire. Mm. Um, And uh, I definitely realized what I wanted in a career and what I had wasn't it yeah um and I took a long time to actually mourn the fact that I got this dream job on paper and I didn't like it and that felt really like hollowing like oh well I've achieved the most I could have imagined to achieve at this point and I'm not happy with it and I'm so early on in my career and now I don't know what to do Mm. like how do I even pick something else when I got the thing that I wanted the most and it was horrible. <laughs> I think in my head I definitely had a bit of like an ideal where hmm. you like left or you found your dream job yeah. or like your dream role title and then you were like happy or something. Yeah. Everyone keeps <laughs> saying do something you love yeah. and you'll never work a day in your life. But how do you know yeah. what that is? And like there's always going to be hard days. There's always yeah. parts of jobs that you don't particularly love doing. Mm. So... Um, I would say your team makes a massive difference. So find people you want to work with as well. Because whilst Mm -hmm. your job always isn't great, the people that you work with makes such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I um, left, well, actually I tried to resign Mm. um, halfway through 2020, uh, which was just an interesting year for so many reasons. Um, Like we had COVID, my dad had a stroke. Um, I had this workplace breakdown and but I was he's, just... he's okay now. He's okay now. Yeah. 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 That's good. It was and a little stroke, so it's fine. You're okay now after yeah. I just glazed over the workplace uh, breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. workplace breakdown, of course. Yeah. Um, and I tried to resign and my management structure was such that my direct manager didn't even have any idea that I was at the point where I, I just wasn't interested. Mm. I didn't have a job lined up, yeah. but I was like, I can't, like, do, can't this do it anymore. anymore. Like yeah. there's all these too many things. Yeah. Um, and they talked me down from the ledge. They said, please don't quit. Um, just see it out because I had six months left on my contract. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do three days a week instead of a full week and then I'm going to study. Yeah. Because at least I'd then rather than just, battling it out in a role that made me miserable and I cried in the bathroom all of the time. Um, Mm. I was building towards something else. And there's a plan. Yeah, there's a plan. And that plan was doing a grad cert in data analytics. 
um, I picked data analytics because <laughs> I saw all of the grad certs that the government were offering for free. Yeah, it's um, funny. Or, or, or for discounted prices, many yeah. discounts. Um, and I saw data science mm. and I thought, shit, I like science. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing, right? <laughs> it's basically the same thing. And I read the entry criteria and I was like, oh, I don't have prerequisite skills to do that, but I can do data analytics. Mm. And that was kind of like the yeehaw way that I would picked it because I just had no ability to even think about what I wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, and I'm sure you just needed something yeah. else to focus on that was yeah. different. I just wanted some light at the end of the tunnel, like some yeah. way out of what I was doing because at that point I didn't want to do communications yeah. at all Yeah, ever again. <laughs> and 2020 was already so crushing and like yeah. unknown plus like, yeah, having struggles in like the environment of your workplace is not it was like every single facet of my life was on fire (laughs) so much fun like that meme with like the this is fine and the whole house is on fire (laughs) that was me um so we did data analytics and I loved it I fell head over heels in love with it I started going to the hunter data hunter data analytics meetup which Mm. is actually how I reconnected with the friend that ended up getting me the job as well so shout out to going to meetups yeah, that are relevant for you. Connections. Yeah, you never know how it's going to be helpful. Um, and here I am now, and I love my job, and mm. I've worked really hard on creating a safe, psychologically safe, accessible workplace where everyone feels welcome and encouraged to do their best work. Um, mm. Because I've learned what bad looks like mm. mm-hmm. um, in the nicest way possible, and I just don't want that for anyone ever again if I have the ability to do something better exactly I think as much as it sucks um a lot of our best learning experiences have can come from um yeah the environment that we're in and I've certainly had some managers where I'm like well I know I won't be doing that thing (laughs) when I'm a manager (laughs) that is a great learning of what never to do again (laughs) yeah thanks for teaching me that so it's great to have that background and and I wanted to say you shared a post mm. on LinkedIn last year and I'm going to call it semi-viral because you got hundreds of likes on it. It's the closest I'm ever going to come to being viral, I think. Well, let's not call it semi-viral. Yeah. <laughs> right, this podcast might explode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and you shared an experience you had when you were working for CSIRO and I think that might be one of the drivers as to why you're so passionate about women and gender diverse people in tech. Can you like share that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing the one you're referring to is um, it was kind of at the beginning of my career. So I looked mm-hmm. even younger than I do now. I know this is a podcast, but I have quite a <laughs> what I describe as doughy face, which makes me look like a Lovely. little baby. And that's all right. You know, I rock it. Um, but as a result, <laughs> I, I look quite young and I looked mm. obviously even younger mm. when I was younger. That's usually how it works. <laughs> um, uh, so it was like this young woman at the beginning of her career at a CSIRO all-staff conference. Mm. Um, and CSIRO, I think if you like just did an average out, the gender diversity is pretty good. But if you section it out by like communications versus research. Yeah there would be a much larger stratification of yeah. where the genders are. Like communications was mostly mm. women. I think that's why um, those reports are so important. Because, yeah. Yeah, it can be 
super or it's like women are only in supporting roles. And mm. in like oh, sorry. Mostly roles. women until you got to the executive manager level. And then it was <laughs> okay. yep. even better. glossing over that one. Um, and I was there just chilling out. And immediately I was wearing a, a white shirt and black pants because I was, you know, at a work yeah. event. Um, and one of the senior leaders turned around and just saw me at a glance and tried to hand me a plate because he thought I was a waitress. Nice. Um, which is so good. And admittedly, I don't think, like, there was no malicious intent. Yeah. It was just that he wasn't used to seeing people like me working for the organisation. It's the biases that Yeah, exist. it was like a totally, like, just subconscious bias yeah. that existed within his brain that if there's a young woman there... She must she, be there to help. Yeah, she must be there to help. Um, <laughs> so that was, I, like, initially when it happened and then reflecting back on it, I was really angry. And then I came to the realization that he didn't mm. like, there was, there was never malicious intent. And I think as much as the bias sucks, it's really important to focus on intent as well, because yeah. people without malicious intent yeah. can learn yeah. and can improve yeah. and can get extra exposure to people that aren't, don't look like them and get better. And everyone mm -hmm. is on a journey of getting better. Mm -hmm. But Always. it's the people that act with malicious intent yep. that have dug their heels in. Well, they like, just said, I'm old-fashioned. Yeah. Like, this and is fine. they <laughs> stick to their values because mm. they think that, yeah, I don't know, they're justified in, in – I mean, people can have an opinion, but it's sort of cre worth creating space where everyone feels like they can have an opinion yeah. and be heard. And, I mean – yeah. Changing is hard work. Like I mm. still make mistakes with how yeah, I everyone what, makes mistakes. Yeah, what words I use in the workplace. Yeah, how I show up, and I'm constantly yeah. learning from that. And it is hard work. And if you are, are one of those people that could just throw up their hands and say, "No, actually, everything's great here. Thanks," yeah. it would be a lot easier. Yeah, for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so was that experience one of? the things that ignited your passion for advocating for this cause? Um, yes. Yep, it was. I think um, I've kind of had a weird background in the fact that when I was growing up, my mother was the breadwinner. My father was a stay-at-home dad. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a lot of experience with um, strong women in the workplace anyway. Um, and in the end, mum did leave her workplace because it was a boys' club and she mm -hmm. just – was sick of it um, and watching that process as a kid was really painful um, and getting into the workplace and realising that 20 years on those challenges are still the same. Um, it really sucks. Yeah. And I don't think people who haven't experienced it can really add to it because yeah. it's like, yeah, you don't know unless you have experienced it and that the crushing reality of like my mother experienced this and I still have to put up with some of this like, yeah how have we come so far but there's still so much to do and it's <laughs> and it's easy to feel overwhelmed like things are still totally cooked oh mm. uh, why even try but I am the kind of person that when they get stressed or anxious they get busy you know like doing mm. stuff and mm -hmm. I just really wanted to to make a tangible impact and start shifting that needle so that maybe if slash when I have kids, yeah. they don't have to experience that at all. Like that will be something that they read about, like, oh, that must have sucked for women back then. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that would be ideal. Um, so definitely from an early age, I was always incredibly aware of it. I love that. I love that, yeah, you're very conscious about making an improvement. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
What do you love most about doing your role now or your side projects? Like what gets you out of the bed? in the morning um it's very hard for me to get out of bed in the morning, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> we're recording this fairly early yeah it's and like it was a struggle <laughs> um yeah I've I just I love the variety I love being able to help people and I think that's something that's so weird because I am so socially anxious mm. and I have been my whole life mm-hmm. um and when I feel like I'm helping people, that really helps me step out of my own head. Yeah. Like I'm thinking about how can I make things better for other people rather than, oh, my God, what if people are looking at me? What if they've noticed that I have cat fur all over my shirt? What if I've drunk a cappuccino and given myself like a little a moustache? A moustache. I, I do that every time. I keep going out for networking coffees and I get a cappuccino every time. <laughs> every time I come home with a chocolate moustache. <laughs> I have learned nothing. <laughs> so if you have a networking coffee with Sarah. Yes. I'm sorry to admit. But yeah, and like I get to shape a workplace that I want to be in. Yeah. At work. And I get to make like operations, especially my role is very much about making the business work better for the people in the business. Yeah. And um, as much as I struggle sometimes with getting out like I'm a crippling introvert, Um, Mm. being able to help people is is weirdly somewhere that I've found a lot of energy and I haven't, yeah. ha- didn't expect that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that kind of leaks into my side projects as well. Like that's yeah. why we do this Yeah, because it's amazing to yeah. be able to help people. It's I can definitely relate to that because it's like I want to do things. I don't really want to be the person up the front presenting the thing, mm. but it's like super want to like put things together and make stuff happen. Um, but if I'm the one who has to lead it, then I'll do it. Yeah. But like, if someone else wants that, then like, go for it. <laughs> That's why we're great at presentations. Cause I'm just like, we're always like, do you want to do it? Just yeah. I, weirdly enough, it. talking to crowds doesn't bother me. Talking one-on-one is where I get way more stressed. Oh, yeah. I see. I would so much prefer to connect with someone one-on-one as soon as there's more than one person. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't like read you as a dynamic and I don't know where I fit into this conversation oh. anymore. And then like all of that social stuff, it's like. No, I'm like, yeah. let me MC an event. Um, yeah. Please do not I'll ask me any floor. follow-up questions one-on-one afterwards. <laughs> You're like funny too as an MC. I yeah. Yeah, oh God. It's, great. it's like some... one of those skills. You should put that on like your LinkedIn like headline mm, now. Yes. Like, MC I'll get people to, uh, if you're listening to this, endorse me for MCing on LinkedIn. I yeah, don't know how you spell it. Should. So that might be a problem. We'll Google it. Yeah. We'll put it in the description <laughs> box so you can do it. So good. <laughs> so you're clearly passionate about making things and helping people. What are some of the ways that you do that? And I know we've already mentioned Newcastle Women and Gender Diverse People in Tech, but I have another one in mind that oh. you recently did. Oh, God. Uh, oh, the technology conference? That's it, yeah. Right. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> um, yeah, so we do Newcastle Women and Gender Diverse People in Tech, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am, like, pretty active in the Newcastle tech community space in general. Yeah. So the Newcastle tech community has a Slack called Nui. Yeah, you do three do that. W's. Yep. yep, I'm an admin on there, so you know yeah. I've made it. <laughs> Very cool. Should um, have that on your LinkedIn bio too. <laughs> professional Slack admin. <laughs> uh, and we recently had a conference, um, and I was part of the organising committee. There were five of us, um, 
and we did this big tech conference, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. We had 350 people that attended um, over two days. Yep. And it's been really cool to position Newcastle as a city that has its own tech community and is a place that you can succeed in tech. You mm, don't have to move absolutely. to Sydney or Melbourne or wherever else. You can stay here and have plenty of opportunities as yeah. well, um, mostly selfishly because I don't want to have to move either. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually coming up next. Yeah. Um, why Newcastle? Why do you love it here? Why don't you want to move, Sarah? <laughs> so I actually grew up in the Central Coast until I was about eight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. found this out last night. I was like, wait, you're a coastie? There's, we love Central Coast people, but come yeah. to Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I found I find Sydney really stressful. Like I'm mm. such a, a bush kid. Um, I didn't like. I've always grown up in houses that have been surrounded by gum trees. I need to know where the sun is to know what time it is. Yeah. There's too many city buildings <laughs> in the way. I I actually really do struggle. Like once I had to stay for a week in the CBD of Sydney, and I struggled with the lack of trees. Yeah, there was just not enough green. Like at the moment, my house, my veranda is just in the treetops, mm. and that's kind of always where I've lived. Mm. I really resonate with green spaces I find them very calming um and it's something that I need to exist around so that's one of the big benefits of Newcastle is mm. that we have so much nature yeah um I live like a five minute walk away from Blackbutt which is awesome it's in, like a national park I don't know state park whatever it is we've got to note at this podcast too because we haven't mentioned it yet you prefer the trees, not the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm a freshwater river, up at Gloucester Tops kind of lady. Yeah. River rocks don't get in your bed. It's nice and easy. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Um, and it has everything that you need here. Like Newcastle mm. is big enough to have what you want without so being so big that traffic gets crazy and everyone is really rude at train stations. Like no offence to everyone in Sydney. But everyone in Central Station needs to calm down. Can I just also <laughs> say, whenever I'm commuting in a city, mm. everyone looks like they don't want to be alive. <laughs> like, yeah. It just looks like complete, I don't know, zombie, like I just don't want to commute. Like I don't know. I don't know what they yeah. What are they thinking about? Like I've had Nothing. a few comments from my friends that live in Sydney mm. that everyone in Newcastle is just weirdly friendly. Oh. Um, and I think well, we are nice. kind of like a, a country town that grew up and that comes with its own challenges, mm. obviously, like our mm. diversity um, for people from different backgrounds isn't yes. great. Um, and yes. we definitely have a ways to go with that compared to metropolitan centrals like yeah. Sydney. Um but, yeah, I just – I really do love it here. Um, and I, I don't want to leave, mostly because I bought a house here as well and I never want to move again. That's a nice house. Yeah. You've got so many plants you'd never be able to move them. I know. I'd need a moving <laughs> truck just for my plants. and that Probably do. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you most excited about this year? Um, well, a couple of weeks ago I would have said the new conference. Yeah. Um, it's been I, and gone. Yeah. And you'll notice we refer to it in a future episode. That's because we're working – well, Sarah was working on it at the time. Yeah. Um, and thought it was worth recognising the enormous amount of work that you put into it to make yeah. it happen. Um, so, yeah, congrats on pulling off a successful conference. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who came yeah. as well. It obviously makes a difference. You were on a panel, which was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was the last panel on the second day. Um, so thank you, everyone, who was there. Because... <laughs> Stayed around, yeah. It's, always a, it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a massive thunderstorm afterwards. Mm, so Yeah, that was yeah. also not ideal. Um, I think I'm just excited to continue to 
just kick ass. I've been really lucky to be able to help a few people this year um, with connections. Mm. Um, so I'm working in a recruitment agency and being as involved in the tech community as I am, just happen to know a fair few people and being able to help people that come to me saying, I'm trying to get into my career or I want to do something else or I'm looking for advice and being like, oh, I actually, I can introduce you to some people that can help and then yeah. watching them go and do their best thing is really super exciting. I remember you mentioning before a database. Is this like an actual physical database or is this like in your head? It's a database in my head, which is yeah. incredibly concerning because the data storage there is not good. <laughs> <laughs> it might like overwrite one day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll, you know, upgrade to an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, it's, I do love LinkedIn like that, but mm. then some like I from university was building my networks and connections yeah. and so then like I have a few fair few connections um and it's just like wait hang on like I've got to scroll through who was that person I met and yeah 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 so um, my database so far is okay in here but if it gets a little bigger I might have mind to palace yeah <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell your younger self this is yeah i I would tell my younger self it's okay to make mistakes in several ways. Like one, I always got really stressed if I wasn't immediately good at something as a kid yeah, and would quit. And just like learning to fail and learning to be okay with failing yeah, is fine. And also I guess it leaked into my career as well. Like I feel like I had fails in my first career and that was really devastating. Yeah. Um, but now it's like. There was such high expectations. Yeah. yeah. And I hate the use of this word, but you've got to flirt. You've got to fail learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I also, I'm not sure, like it's, it speaks to me because I know I always hesitated to answer questions if I didn't know if I was going to be right. Yeah. And so it's sort of like the small failures in like getting something wrong yeah. and it doesn't have to be big, but like just putting your hand up and you learn more that way. I think as much as, you can be curious and we want to like thrive in curiosity when we're growing up. It's like that fear of failing or that fear of getting something wrong, which can hold us back. Yeah. And it's okay not to know everything. No one knows everything. And if people yeah. who do say that they know everything are probably assholes. I think that really shows <laughs> that they don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just, you know, getting weird with it, being okay with, with making wrong turns and, mm -hmm. and learning from the process. Like as long as you learn something, it's all yeah. good. sometimes you just, F up and you don't learn anything as well. And that's also all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess in the process of knowing that you didn't learn something, you were like, well, I'm not going to do that again because that wasn't useful. <laughs> that was a failure. And then yeah, you learned. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because you started out somewhere very different too, mm -hmm. if someone was looking to go into where you are now in like data operations in yeah. like a business, what would you, what advice would you give there? Give something a try. And if you enjoy it, follow that thread. Mm. Um, if you want to get into technology, there's obviously some really easy like tips you can give, which is develop a uh, portfolio. Like do a thing in the tech that you want to do, whether it's a machine learning model with a free data set you got off the internet or developing an app or yep. making a website, building it in the back end through WordPress or whatever it is you want to do. Yep. Pick a project yep. and then do it and see if you like it because yeah. – it's all well and good to do a certificate and, and do all this groundwork, but unless you've actually tried it out, it's hard to tell that you like it. 
That's true, yeah. Um, and don't – I'm a terrible planner, so I'm not going to say don't plan if you're good at it. I'm sure <laughs> that's nice. Um, but don't be afraid to change direction when you realise something is, isn't is what you thought it was mm. or you like something else better. Yeah. Like I always thought, yes, I'm going to be strictly data. That's going to be awesome. And the more I got into it, the more I was like, oh, it's the operations and the, and the business like processes and stuff that I really enjoy. And whilst yeah. it's not – strictly always data and I like to throw some data in there as a little bit of spice. Yeah. Um, I wasn't dead set on like, no, I'm not going to do that. I have to do data because this was something that I enjoyed. Mm. So I just followed that thread um, and following the threads of stuff that makes you happy yep. um, rather than just picking like some dream job on paper has been what's worked for me. So yeah, maybe absolutely. it worked for other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you give it a go, mm. let us know. Yeah. Tweet at us, even though we don't have a Twitter. <laughs> um, like leave a comment on our meetup. No. <laughs> We're both fairly active on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, so, yeah, potentially feel free to connect with us. Yep. Um, maybe add a little note that you've, like, listened to the podcast um, because, as I said, like being – People who network, sometimes you just get a lot of LinkedIn notifications and you're like, hang on, do I know? Should I know this person? Yeah. <laughs> well, that just about wraps us up, Sarah. Yay. So, yeah, you know, I sound so happy. I had a great time. I learned some things about you. That's good. Um, and I think maybe friends should interview each other more often. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pro tip, have a formal podcast segment for all of your friends. <laughs> yeah. Also, talk mm. about LinkedIn, I think we need to add podcaster to our LinkedIn. Oh headline. my God. <laughs> Everybody endorses for podcasting um, as a skill. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you liked it. Also, mm. if you liked it, leave a review. Mm -hmm. um, maybe don't leave a review if you didn't like it. Yeah, if you didn't like it, thank you so much. We're flirting. Um, we're doing it. <laughs> That's it. We're trying our best. Um, we are open to feedback. And yeah, particularly in terms of like gender inclusive language and everything like that. Like we said, we're learning um, and we've only got our experiences to lean on. So please let us know. Um, because we can all teach each other. Yeah, we can um, all, you know, do better along the way. Exactly. Follow Newcastle Women and Gender Diverse People in Tech on LinkedIn. Follow our meetup page. Add us to your podcast listening rotation. Um, and we're super excited to continue this podcast series with you. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> all right, you'll hear from us next time. Thanks. <laughs> and on the book. <laughs> 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 oh, that was great. Okay, that went way longer than I thought it was going to. Good stuff. It was great though. That's what was that like? Off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> that should just be the intro. <laughs> <laughs>